0: My name is Danae Reed, and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom, Really?, which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure, and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself, and I can trust that they are telling the truth just as much as i am as it feels right for them also noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering we have included a six minute cool down meditation by liliana rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure and this soundscape is brought to you by scott reed jr (music) Hey y'all, it's Danae and I'm back with another episode of Damn Mom, really? The show that nobody wants to be on, but everybody wants to listen to. And today is a special episode. All of my episodes are super special, but today is special because I actually had my guest, his sister came on a couple weeks ago and it's the first time that I have siblings at two separate times. And so I'm really excited to hear about you guys' different perspectives and also talk about grief from like a man versus a woman standpoint. And of course, I remember Lexi's episode and so. So I'll be able to recall some of those things. And I'm just curious to know, you know, how you handle grief as a man and an older sibling. So there's a lot for us to get into. But without further ado, guys, my guest today is Andrew Jennings, brother (laughs) of Alexis Lexi Jennings, who was on a couple weeks ago. So, Andrew, I'm going to give you the floor to talk a little bit about yourself. But first, before we get started, how are you doing today?
1: I am all good. I am really excited to do this, to be honest with you. Um, My name is Andrew. I do have a younger sister. And by trade, I am a store manager for CVS, Okay. You know, but
0: let's get into it. Awesome. Awesome. So why are you really excited? I'm curious to know, you know, because people come to it with like excitement. They're kind of scared. They're happy, like a couple different things. But I think you're the first person who's like, I'm really excited to be here in their intro. So I would love to hear why.
1: I, I would say the reason why that I'm excited is because you know, at first you want to talk about everything but your mom and but your trauma and all that. And then eventually you get to a point where you're like, you know what, like talking about her and the greatness that she was and all of that, it's, it's therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And so like, now I get to the point where I bring up my mom. I talk about her kind of as if she's still here. Yeah. All the time. Right. Because it it just helps me. Mm -hmm. And so any opportunity that I get to shine a light on The great person that my mom was. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know a little bit about your mom and I definitely can understand that she is a great person. And from me and Lexi's conversation, I realized that My mom and your mom are very similar, which excites me even more to have this conversation and continue to give her life and to bring up her name and to just keep her story going. Because I do believe when you continue to speak that name, it gives them life beyond that sort of physical idea of what we think life is. But I, again, I'm I'm fascinated with the fact that you wanted to come on the show. And I'm so grateful to have you here today. I want to go back to, I guess, the beginning of your, your grief journey, right, when you lost your mom or around that time how do you differ now from who you were back then
1: Ooh, that is wow (laughs) um I think I'm a lot more open of an individual okay open and talking about my feelings and just sharing my emotions and all that because I wasn't that person before this I really wasn't um I was closed off I was a rock all that and going through this I mean my mom is the closest person that I've ever lost in my entire life yeah. And so I went into this whole process like you know what? I have to be proactive with it. I have to trust in the process, the healing journey. I can't mm-hmm. just wall myself off and 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 allow myself to spiral. And right. so I think that would be the biggest difference in me now as opposed to before my mom died.
0: Right. So, what would you say that that breakthrough moment was for you? You were this rock, you were this hard person, and now you can't be that. Was there a specific moment that kind of forced that idea on you, or was it gradual? No,
1: I mean, it was literally the very moment that I knew that she was gone. Mm. Um, Because we, uh, Alexis and I, and, and our immediate family members, were able to say our goodbyes. And then we walked out of the hospital room and went into the the waiting room, and then they essentially pulled the plug.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the nurse came in and said she was gone. And then from that moment, I screamed out loud, and then I had that moment, and I was like, yo, this is the exact moment in my mom's life where she went south. Hmm. I can't allow myself to do that. Wow. Wow. So, um, because my mom, you know, she struggled with addiction mm-hmm. and it started when she lost her mom in 2008. Wow. And so at that very moment, I was like, how am I going to handle this? And I was like, yo, any, every positive way I can handle it, I'm going to handle it. But it starts right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. So like literally as I was leaving the hospital, I'm reaching out, you know, I'm sending an email to my therapist like, yo, Kate, uh, I need an appointment ASAP, as soon as possible. This is what's going on. And yeah. I mean, I did it so quickly that I actually sent the email to my therapist's old office and not her new office. Wow. So like a week, I'm like a week goes by and I'm like, damn, like my therapist is usually good about getting back to me. <laughs> but, but I mean, my sole focus in that in that moment was, I needed to handle this the healthiest way possible. And I would say that very moment.
0: So because you saw what grief did to your mother, it made you jump into action right away. Oh, for sure. Wow.
1: For sure. So
0: I guess I'm, I'm curious to know a little bit more about her in that regard too. then and your relationship with her and your perception of her, because she is a person who was grieving so heavily for a lot of your life, right? What was that mm-hmm. experience like for you growing up, seeing grief from a front row seat, from the lens, I guess, of somebody else?
1: Um, it was difficult because I'm a I'm a person that loves to help other people. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything I could do for my mom at that with that. It, it wasn't because you can love a person out loud. You can be there for them, do everything to try to let them know that they're loved. But if they're turned off and they're not listening to any of that, it just falls and i mean it, it was difficult um i don't I don't think i I know now that there's nothing I could have done to help her mm. and everything that I did do was the best that I could have done yeah um but i mean i and I take solace in that
0: yeah and you should 100 percent be proud of yourself for even trying you know because i think as kids especially when we have these parents who dote on us and they love us and they they put so much into us it's easy to kind of take for granted that relationship that you have with them, or it's very much a me mindset, me at the focus, me at the center. And you're not necessarily thinking about the way that your parents were hurting. And I think that's really common, right? Uh, I have my own instances. My mom, thankfully, never lost her parents. My grandparents are still here. But I have a moment that I recall with my mom where something was wrong with my grandfather and the way that I reacted was just so I am really upset with myself thinking back on it because I'm like, wow, I wasn't there for her the way that I needed to be. And so I think it's really amazing that you were able to be there for your mom in that way. I'm so interested in this idea of being a helper and really touching into your emotions. So I guess I want to fast forward now and talk about that time where you were really in the beginning of your grief. What did it look like for you as a person who is a helper? Did you find like you were overextending yourself or yeah, what was that like for you?
1: I mean the dynamic in my life changed. I went from being the person that helps to being the person that has to accept being helped. You know, one of the biggest things that I would say as far as, you know, being a man and dealing with grief and loss and trauma and all that stuff is to have your support system in place ahead of time. Yeah. Because there are people in my life who would not let me spiral at all.
0: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Like I was just, I was letting my best friend know yesterday that I was going to do this podcast And I said, bro, like, I have to thank you. Because we talk between guys, we always say like, yo, bro. And we had always said it for years. Yo, bro, any time of day you need me, I got you. I'm answering on the first ring. And it's one thing to say that, Mm -hmm. but it's a whole nother thing to where that is something that you actually need and it happens in real time. Mm -hmm. So like going back to that night, when we got to the hospital, I'm making sure my dad's okay. I'm making sure my stepdad's okay. I'm making sure Lex is okay. And my other brother at the time, I made sure that everybody had their person. And then once everybody had their person that was there to console them and comfort them, I got on the phone and called my best friend.
0: Okay. And
1: literally, like I said, we talked about this for years. Like this was an integral part of our friendship. And when I tell you, I called him and it was 11 o'clock at night and he answered on the first ring. He was like, yo, bro, what's up? And I just broke down in tears. And so um, I told him yesterday, I'm like, yo, bro, I, I really appreciate the fact that those weren't just words. Right. Like when I really needed that, and you were right there for me. Another one of my cousins who unfortunately passed the year after my mom, actually on the very same day. Wow. Uh, he was one of the first people that next morning to call me and to not necessarily look to start their own grieving process. Because a lot of the phone calls I got that first day was everybody calling me to kind of see if everything was real, if it was true. And then, and I say essentially to start their own grieving process. Like my cousin, Dejar, he was like, yo bro, like FaceTime me. I need to see if you're all right. Hmm. And and it was my group of friends, my best friends, my brothers, my cousins, um, all of the men would not let me fall. Wow. They wouldn't. And so from the bottom of my heart, I really do appreciate each and every single one of those people. They know who they are. Those two in particular, I had to give that, you know, love out loud. Um, one, because my cousin is uh, gone now, but those were the people that from day one, they, they you know, they picked me up.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so special because I've had so many conversations with men about the topic of grief, whether it's their mom or somebody else in their lives. And they felt like they couldn't talk to their friends because men are quote unquote, not supposed to be emotional or men aren't supposed to feel. I have a brother as well. And seeing his friends band around him when we lost my mom was probably one of the most beautiful things I've seen in my life. Because like I said, you know, you're used to this idea of men being macho, and they don't need anybody. And they don't feel they don't grieve. I actually had somebody on here not that long ago who hasn't grieved because he's scared of what it looks like to grieve. And so and his mom passed 10 years ago. So for you to have the ability to have those people who encouraged it, and uh, allowed you to be yourself, I think that's so special. So I want to shout them out as Well, on the topic of grief, though, experiencing grief from your own standpoint and knowing how it changed your mom, did that change your perception of her at all?
1: Um, I don't really think that I knew everything Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: my mom had dealt with until after she passed. Wow. Um, Because there was a, you know, there was a moment where I want to say a couple months after she passed, Alexis had reached out to me and she was like, yo, I want to start cleaning up mommy's room and cleaning up her stuff and all that stuff. And I said, listen, like, whenever you're ready to do that, I'm with you. Yeah. Because as the older brother, I can't allow you to take that on by yourself. By yourself,
0: yeah. You well, know,
1: the one day she called me, it was like a, it was a Friday. She called me and she was like, yo, I'm going over to Pop's house to go start cleaning up mom's stuff. And I'm like, shit, I wasn't ready for that yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went. And, you know, we went through and we read a lot of her journals that she did while she was in rehab and she was outlining a lot of her thoughts and the things that she had been through and all that stuff. And it just it brought a level of clarity to stuff that me and my mom had never talked about because my mom is from the generation of people who didn't talk, Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: didn't have therapy and all that stuff. And so, like, being able to see those things and, you know, it, it, it messed me up, to be honest with you. But at the same time, it did bring a level of clarity to her and a level of understanding that I didn't have before that.
0: Yeah. And so with that understanding, what do you do going forward? Do you build your own sort of new ideas about your mom? Do you continue that relationship? Does that spark your interest in other areas? Like how did finding out that information about her change your path? If it Um, did.
1: So again, you know, I lost my mom due to addiction. And so it gave, it allowed me to give her grace that I had not given her while she was alive. Hmm. Um, it allowed me to, uh, understand that she was more than just the person that I knew. And so, I mean, I think, yeah, I would say that just being able to give her grace that I I wasn't able to give her when she was alive.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I again, I think it's something so special about being able to look back and say, oh, man, I judged this person harshly when I had no idea what they were going through or not even saying that you did. But I've had, again, people on the show talk about addiction in the past and losing their parents to addiction and how that affected them while their parent was here. But how looking back, you know, addiction is so villainized. And it's always it's never like the cause there's always a root to that and i think that it's important to get to know people beyond that addiction or beyond what you might think of them because of that and so you know as a son as her first child again i really commend you on being able to push through that and see your mom as a person and not just your mom you know a person with flaws a person who was funny a person who was sad a person who was happy mad so many different things because i think that often when we think about our parents, our mom specifically, we put this idea of perfectionism on them. And it's like, people fall short, and it's okay. And that doesn't make them any less of a person that doesn't make them any more of a person, you know, it's just kind of their story and being able to appreciate it for what it is, I think is uh, really special. Oh,
1: for sure.
0: So I guess I want to go back to your journey now and where you're at mentally. Uh, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and it's a day that I'm dreading. It's my first Mother's Day without my mom. And I I guess I want to know for you, what days have been the most difficult for you, and how do you push through?
1: So I'll tell you. I did watch an episode or two, Alexis being one, and I can't remember there was another one. But in one of them, you said that one of it seems like every time you have a guest on there, that their birthday is coming up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mine's is on Saturday.
0: So, wow! wow. Yeah. Happy early birthday.
1: So with that comes there are you know my my birthday and Mother's Day are usually fall within the same week. Yeah. Matter of fact, you know I already know that in May of 2027 my birthday is going to fall on Mother's Day. Yeah. So, you know, my birthday and Mother's Day is like, that, that's totally screwed for me. Um, and then again, working in retail, I can't hide from Mother's Day. I, I can't. You know, the first year was really difficult because the store that I worked at at the time, like we went all out for every holiday. So, I mean, we had Mother's Day balloons all throughout the store and we were a, we were a high volume store. So, I mean, people are buying cards left and right. And I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, so the first one was really hard. And then, I mean, the second one got a little better. This year, I'm fine. But the whole beginning of May, it just, uh, I'm still at the point where I, I'd rather just like skip past like the first two weeks of May and, and we'll start on May 15th or whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: But I mean, how like, like my sister said in hers, like holidays in general, just they don't feel the same because... I personally am looking to be around love that no longer really exists for me. Yeah. Um, because as many family members as I can be around during the, the holidays, on Christmas, I'll slide over to my mom's house and you know go see her, and or Mother's Day, being able to buy her card and her flowers and set that aside for when I leave for work that day, and then drop them off at her house. And so yeah, I mean holidays they, they just, uh, just- they're, they're they're a difficult part.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So my mom passed May 28th of last year. And so it's for me, like it's Mother's Day. It's the anniversary of her passing and all these memories and ideas of things that I had no idea at the time because I lost my mom suddenly you know but it's like all of these memories of things that i did for the last time with her and had no idea and so i definitely find May to be an extremely triggering month myself so much so that i like got off social media altogether because i just i'm like i don't want to see anything about mothers i don't want to see and for me i'm just like mother's day doesn't exist anymore you know like i i sent out a card to my both my grandmothers but i just don't even feel right texting my aunts or any of my friends moms happy mother's day i'm just like i said like for me it doesn't exist and that idea you it's it was so powerful what you said like this love that i'm looking for no longer exists because it's real like there's nothing like the love from your mother and i feel like sometimes i look for that but it's just like in different people but it's it's not as strong of course because it's just not your mom and i know you lost your mom it was a a little over two years ago right
1: it'll be three in november
0: yeah. Yeah. How do you remedy that idea of not being able to find that love that your mom gave you? Like, is that something that you've dealt with? Is that something that you kind of push to the back of your head or like, where are you at with that now?
2: Ooh.
1: When I get there, I'll let you know. Mm. When I yeah. get there, I'll let you know. Cause I mean, I haven't really, I haven't really reconciled that one yet, to be honest with you. I mean, when it initially happens, you focus on just getting to the point, getting yourself to the point where you're not crying uncontrollably every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then after that, after you get to that, then it's, all right, I got to deal with the reality of it. And then once you kind of understand the reality of it, you just kind of just learn to live with it.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's
1: something that's just ever present in your life. Like, uh, so to be honest with you, that that's not something I've reconciled yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's an honest answer and that's real. It's, you know, I feel like it's so interesting because when people talk about grief, I feel like after the first year, it's like, okay, like that's kind of, that's not a new loss. But I think that in that two year, two and a half, three year I mean, I don't know if my mom's loss, like my loss of my mom is ever going to not feel like it just happened to me because it feels like it just happened yesterday. I can remember, you know, how you're recalling your being in the hospital and, and the doctors and the nurses and what they're saying to you. I feel like that for me, that moment for me also feels like just yesterday. Yeah. Uh,
1: to be honest with you, absolutely. Um, I, there's not a day that, that, goes by that I really don't at least for a couple of minutes sit there and go back to that day and live in it for a second or two Mm -hmm. and just kind of reminisce deal with it I guess um
0: yeah. yeah I also want to talk about the fact that when people view grief of a loved one like a lost loved one They're always kind of thinking about grief as this like fixed idea. It's like, oh, you're upset because you lost your mom, which is valid. But there's also trauma on top of that, too. You know, there's trauma associated with doctors telling you that your mom has passed. There's trauma associated with the passing itself. There's trauma dealing with what happened after. And I think it's amazing that you sought therapy so soon. How would you say that therapy has helped you?
1: Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be on here talking if I had not going to therapy to be Mm -hmm. honest with you um my journey with therapy was I got to the point in my life where I couldn't hold it in anymore wow and I was I mean I was driving I mean and this was almost like seven eight years ago but I was driving to work and I was like "Yo, I'm just tired of feeling like the way I'm feeling yeah all the options have to be on the table at this point and so you know Mm -hmm. I got to work the one day and I started researching therapists and I looked for someone who had an a history or an experience with people dealing with addiction because mm-hmm. I wanted to understand the things that I didn't understand. Right. Um my therapist, she has be, she was able to kind of like help me through like understanding addiction and how it affects people and all that stuff and how it affects family members.
0: Yeah. Now
1: like I, again, I I could clearly tell you I would not be on here Today, if I had not sought out therapy in my life.
0: And now you're at a space where you really enjoy talking about your mom, which is lovely. Yeah. What are your favorite memories to recall with her? When you talk about her, what does that look like?
1: Oh, man. Um, My mom was a nut. (laughs) She, she, She had screws loose, but it... Everything, really. There's the, you know, it it really depends, to be honest with you. When I need a good laugh, I'll think about some of the crazy stuff she did. When I'm really grateful for having a great mother, I'll think of some of the cool stuff she did. When I was in high school, she rented a van and took me and all my friends to Six Flags. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that that was the kind of mom I had. Like, all of my best friends, they called her mom Paula, and she called them all her sons. Mm -hmm. And she meant that. Um, And so a lot of my, my friends took it. Just as hard as I did when she passed. But I I think that two memories really kind of stick out to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first is just how, how much time we spent together. Because the high school I went to, right above the high school, on top of the hill, like the high school sits on the bottom of the hill. On top of the hill was the VA medical center where she worked at. So every morning we drove together into work, into school. Like she would drop me off, go up the hill and and then she would go to work. And that was five days a week, every day, the entire school year. And so I had 10, 20, 25, 30 minutes every day where it was just me. It was just my mom. We talked about whatever we wanted to talk about. We joked, we laughed, you know, uh, we were both running, always running late. And so when I really want to sit there, you know, sit back and think about the fond memories, it's really that one, just being able to spend that 25 30 minutes and you know a day in the morning in the afternoon with her going to work whatever and then i would say the other one i i can't remember what the other one was now but I, i would say i would say that um just being able to spend that time with her
0: yeah it's okay it's okay i know sometimes talking about this sort of subject matter gets heavy and then it's like I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes when I'm in the midst of it, I'm like, wait, how am I even talking about this? Like, why is this something that I can relate to? Why is losing my mom even a topic of discussion? Like that's not real.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's difficult. Um, and because we, I I would, I would honestly say like, we're not, we're in that age range where we're either starting to lose our parents or that's something that isn't really happening for a couple of years. You know what I mean? But (laughs) I do have friends that have lost their mothers. Um, And, you know, at one point, like uh, shortly after my mom died, I want to say a couple months after my mom died, like maybe four or five, one of my best friends, Shelby, she lost her mom. And I had to turn around and use that fresh uh, life experience to kind of give her advice. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. How would you describe the heaviness of the feelings that you mentioned earlier? Like, what what did that feel like, if you could explain it?
1: So, when I started to really deal with the depression, of course, you know, it stemmed from my mom. And so, when I first moved out of her house, like, I, I, I did it for my own mental health. Because I was like, her addiction is starting to get really, really bad, and it's really, really affected me. So, I need to move out for my own mental health. And... Whereas that did help in a way, it also hurt in a way because then I wasn't there to pick her up. Then I wasn't there to be her support system and be the person that she needed. And when you're not there, the only thing that's running in your mind is the absolute worst thing that could be happening where she is. And so that anxiety, that stress led to a depression. And that's what I was dealing with at the time. And you try to hold it in. You try to deal with it. You try to, you know, say, all right, like, she's cool. She's good. Everything's okay. And you just, the more the days went by, it was like, okay, it it started to weigh heavy. Hmm. Um, And then that's when I reached out and got the help that I needed.
0: Do you think that initially when you were starting to show signs of depression, do you think you knew that's what it was?
1: No, not at all. Cause I, I had never really been a person that dealt with like mental health like that beforehand. Um, yeah. or if I did, I was, I was also the type of person that said, you know what, I'll deal with it. Like everybody got problems. Yeah. So not, nah, I, I didn't at all. It wasn't until I got to the point where if I wasn't at work, I was laying in my bed or I have a class. I ain't going to class today. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until it got to those points where I, the only thing that I could really get myself up emotionally for was to go to work. And that was only because I had to.
0: You had to I mean, make that's money. That's
1: when I was like, all right, like if I if if this ain't depression, I don't know what is.
0: I think the reason I asked that question is because I think that depression and grief are two things that I'm I'm really fascinated by because I, I didn't really understand what that looked like before losing my mom. So in my head, depression looked like something that I wasn't experiencing. It looked like you know, drawing the curtains closed and and never getting out of bed, kind of what you were describing and just being kind of on the brink of wanting to unalive myself. Like that's what depression looked like. And I didn't see that for myself. And so it was really hard for me to accept that that's where I was. And again, you know, we're talking about really heavy feelings that you would you would assume that you could kind of understand what they felt like beforehand or or what that looks like, and then you're in it, and you're like, "Oh wow, I didn't know anything about what this world that I now live in was gonna look like, and now what do I do with that and you have to pull yourself up and again, it sounds like you have a really great family atmosphere, and I know um you have your sister, which I think is really special. I want to talk a little bit about selfishness and grief. did you ever feel? selfish about your grief or that you felt like you were the only person going through it or that your feelings were the only ones that mattered
1: um yes in other relationships okay um not necessarily with alexis but with other relationships for sure um it was difficult for me to kind of care about anything outside of that Mm. yeah I, i would say that i couldn't discard alexis's feelings because i I knew that, you know, hey, we are we lost the same person. So
0: same person, I, know, yeah.
1: I know what you think I'm feeling. You probably feeling the exact same thing. But
0: mm-hmm. anybody
1: else outside of that, outside of my family, um, and the people who really, like, lost my mom, yeah, I didn't care about your feelings at all, to be honest.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was hard.
1: It, it was hard. It was hard to live outside of that.
2: Mm.
0: And it seems in those moments especially that, Nobody outside of that bubble really matters. It's like, I don't care if I hurt your feelings, because I'm going through what I'm going through right now. And I mean, if you're in my way, you're in my way. And I think I've had to kind of override that for myself and be really cognizant of the things that I say and the things that I do. And yeah, I felt very selfish in my grief. I again, like I said, my brother, I think that it's funny you say like, oh, we lost the same person, because that's what I say all the time. Like me and my brother lost the same person the same way. And nobody knows how he feels better than I do. And I think it's awesome that you were able to have Lexi to kind of balance you out and to have conversations with because it's a hard thing. And I can't imagine not having a sibling to experience this with
1: um i will honestly say maybe i'm four years older than alexis um, okay and so like i'm the older brother in every every sense of the word but <laughs> i can't think of a uh, another person i can't think of any other person who's helped me through this entire process mm. more than she has because just sometimes especially as men sometimes you don't want to talk but just listening is kind of like talking like being a part of the conversation without saying it is helpful. Um, right. And so sometimes, you know, early on, you're like, I would just listen to her talk and it would be just as therapeutic as if I talk. Cause it would, if I'm not saying anything, I'm at least acknowledging the fact that there is another person on this earth that knows exactly what I'm going through right now. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, I can't, stress enough how, how important it I, I, don't, I don't know how I would have gotten through it without having a sibling. Yeah,
0: I, I agree with you completely. I think with me not having my brother, I don't know if I would be here, like to be quite frank, if it wasn't for the relationship I have with my brother and being able to kind of talk about those things. And my brother is very much like he like, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, okay, you know, but he listens to me and we have those moments and I definitely know that he's like a huge part of the reason I'm still here. So shout out to siblings. Wow, oh, yeah.
1: I, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. Alexis gave me a lot to live for in those moments. She really, really did because there was a point I was like, man, screw it. Like, yeah. yeah. Then I mean, the person that would make the biggest fuss about me passing is
0: mm-hmm. gone. Is gone. So yeah. I
1: mean, like, and I mean, really, to be honest with you, like. Uh, my mom was always that way. I mean, I was a mama's boy. I was her first child, so like,
2: yeah. he
1: made a fret over me. And so, you know, with her being gone, I was like, yo, like, it's not to say that other people wouldn't care if I was gone, but the person who would make the biggest fret about it is gone. So it's like, all right, like, if I'm here, I'm here. If I'm not, I'm not. Like, and it was having that purpose of yo, like. You still got to hold down your little sister. That's why I'm still here.
2: Yeah,
0: I definitely, um, I agree with that so much, so heavily, because I think for me, I did get to a point, and I still get there sometimes where I'm just like, well, I mean, if I die, I die, you know? And I kind of start spiraling, right? There was a, a bit of time where I think that I... I had no concept of fear anymore. It was kind of like, I would put myself in these positions where I just was kind of like, I mean, if something, something might've happened to me, you know, there was a a period of time where I would go, I'm small. I live in Brooklyn, New York and very kidnappable. There was times where I would walk up and down the street at like one, two o'clock in the morning, which is obviously dangerous, but it was Mm -hmm. kind of like, I mean, if some, if my mom is not here. So it's kind of like, one, I don't feel the purpose of being here, you know? And then two, it's kind of like, like death is a part of life. And I think that there is sometimes an over acceptance of that where it's kind of like, yeah, you accept it so much that you don't care if it happens to you. And I think that, yeah. And for me, it's a hundred percent my brother and my dad were those days where I'm quite frankly, and I think it's important to have these sorts of conversations because one, it's normal, right? But when you talk to people and you're like, oh, I don't want to be here. Oh, I don't want to live. I don't want to do this and that. You know, it's not saying that I'm going to go jump off my building and not to minimize that. And, you know, it's those are like real feelings. And then there's this utmost concern in that moment that you're going to do something to harm yourself. And it's like, I'm just trying to talk like and I think that it's important for people to know that that is real, that it is real to not want to be here. Um, And so I'm happy that like, we even inserted this part into the conversation, because it's necessary to talk about. But I like I was saying, I know for a fact that the the times where I'm feeling like that, or I'm feeling most frivolous with my life, or I don't have this care, even I have this saying that I like, I'm like, I think I want it tattooed, but it's kind of morbid. It's like one more day. And you know, for that for me, that means one more day until I can see my mom, which mm-hmm. is like, of course, looking forward to the end of life. Right. And so even when I get in those sort of funks, I'm like, OK, well, if I die now, that's going to kill my brother and my dad. for sure. Like and I, I can't I can't put them through that. So
1: I'll say this. Right. And so like when my mom passed, my dad or, you know, our dad got really protective over me and Lex. And mm-hmm. So we knew uh, I couldn't tell him I didn't want to be here anymore because he took that and meant and, and took or took that to mean the absolute worst. And mm-hmm. so, one of the things that I'm kind of thankful for, and it's crazy, um, and I don't know if you're a Grey's Anatomy fan.
0: No, I've never, you know what? I've never seen it.
1: So, <laughs> the season that was going on as my mom died, the main character of the show, Meredith Grey, she got COVID and it was real bad and she was unconscious and in her unconsciousness she was on a beach and on the beach she was able to talk to people in her life that had passed wow and so i mean if you ever want to if you ever want to know what i'm talking about just go ahead and you know take a look at them episodes but <laughs> she was able to talk on the beach with you know her husband that died and her co-worker that died and and I said, yo, like, I don't want to unalive myself. I just want to be on the beach and chop it up with my mom for a little bit. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when I say, I don't want to be here, it's just, I want to be in a space where she is.
0: You put that Um, so perfectly.
1: And so, um, when, when that episode came out, it was hard to watch. And then I was like, yo, like, I don't I don't I don't wanna harm myself but I, I want that I want that opportunity to you know what I mean just be where she is but come back at the end of the day.
0: Um just but, for a yeah, second
1: just for a second. Let me you know what I mean? Let me say, hey, chop it up, you know, this is what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, cause, you know, there's ever since she's passed, there's major milestones that I've I've hit in life and I'm like, Hell I wish I could have talked to my mom about this. Yeah. But we don't have that ability anymore. Um, And those are the things that I, you know, I kind of miss.
0: It is extremely bittersweet to deal with the reality of things of experiencing things that, you know, that you want them there for. And I think it, um, you have to find a lot of strength in that those days to kind of understand that they still exist, right? Or that uh, they're there in a different way. And for me, that idea of just being on a beach with my mom sounds lovely. I've kind of talked about this before, but I have a lot of dreams about her. And I think that's what gets me through. She's in my dreams like every night still. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy, but... That helps me a lot. Uh, do you have hopes, or I don't know what you think about of the afterlife, or if you have any thoughts on it at all, but do you think that you'll see her again? For sure. Hmm.
1: You know? I mean, if I make the right choices in life, for sure. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: Because yeah. I, you know, I, I'm a very spiritual person, so I know where she is. It's mm. my goal for the rest of my life to be able to secure my spot where she's at. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, she waiting on me.
0: Yeah. Period. Per. I love that. I always say the same thing. I'm like, my mom is just waiting on me, and I'll talk to her sometimes. And I feel like, um, I feel like we still communicate. And I feel like I often hear her say, you know, it, what feels like forever to you is nothing. It's no time. And so it's my hope that when I do get there, that she is right, which I'm sure she is because she always is. And it's like, oh, it's only been two seconds since I saw you. Like, oh, we were just doing X, Y, Z. So I'm, I'm happy that you have hope and that, uh, you have something that you are looking forward to, but Andrew, it has been 45 minutes, surprisingly, or almost 45 minutes. It goes by so fast. Um, so we're about to wrap. I just want to commend you for just being so open and transparent. And I thank you for giving me your time and, and being just so open because I think it's, it's really helpful. Um, Before I let you go, though, is there anything else that you want to add to the conversation?
1: Ooh, no, I mean, my biggest thing was to whether you're, you know, a man or a woman, however you identify, have your support system in place. You can you can find people to go to the bar with. You can find people to go to the game with or, you know, any of that stuff. But surround yourself with the people that on your lowest day are going to extend their hands and, and lift you up and refuse to let you go that is how you get through any kind of grief you can't do it alone. absolutely don't even try uh you know allow yourself to be open enough for the people in your life who care about you to be there for you um and from day one just handle that situation in the healthiest way that you can
0: Well, that is a beautiful bow to end up a great episode. Thank you so much for that tidbit, Andrew. I think a lot of people are going to be able to benefit from hearing that because sometimes it does get hard to allow people to be there for you. And what that looks like varies from person to person. And so I second you on that one. But I also, again, I just want to thank you again so much for being on my show and And talking about Miss Paula, I'm so happy to get to know her from a different perspective and a different angle. And I just feel so honored to, of course, I feel so honored to have shared this space with both you and Lexi, because you guys are both just brilliant. So your parents did an amazing job. And I just hope that you're super proud of yourself. And yeah, I'm just so humbled by this experience. And similarities. I mean, even some of the things that you're saying are just so poignant that I'm like, wow, like I'm actually talking about not wanting to be here and Hearing you explain the things that I feel like I felt but couldn't necessarily put into the right words, and I am never at a loss for words, but hearing you be able to just expand on that is is such a special moment for me, and I know other people are going to appreciate that as well. So again, I can't say thank you enough. And I also want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Damn Mom, really, with me and Andrew. We'll see you guys in 10. Well, I'll see you guys. I don't know about Andrew. He won't be here, but I'll see you guys in 10 days if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to leave us a review and a comment it's super super helpful to us and as promised there's a relaxing cool down slash guided meditation by liliana rasmussen coming up in 5,
2: four, three, 2. welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you chronic pain can be very hard to handle but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering we tend to aggravate this pain thus increasing it Then every time we feel this sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain, and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow, instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, Breathe in as much as you can and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, inhale deeply and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed. Good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now, Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them, just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good. You're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants, or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky, which weighs the light of the sun coming into your imagination. Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach maybe you can smell the salty air or if you're in a forest the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds That nature creates for you vividly hear any sounds in this experience sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment great to relax even further become aware of what you're doing here are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring are you doing exactly what you love and want to do see yourself being completely relaxed and happy here There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings. And whenever you're ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.